Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at infofellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our church center. This will help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message.
of Genesis and it's talking about creation and I've really been just hanging out in the first two chapters and I feel like God's just been really speaking to me about God created everything he's spoken into being but when it came to man he formed us out of the dust of the earth and he breathed his life into our nostrils and he gave Adam breath and I just kind of got this picture this morning that some of us have feel, it feels like we've been living on borrowed air, where it's like you're barely breathing. I just, I can't seem to catch my breath of everything that I've got going on right now. And God's just wanting to breathe into you right now.
the kind of people that we want to be, the kind of people who are surrendered, who know that you are a good God and a kind God and a loving God who has a plan and a purpose for each individual person in this room. And we want to set aside our own thoughts and our own ideas, and we want to embrace and trust your path and your plan for our lives. God, we know that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts because your ways and thoughts are so much higher than ours. God, we surrender our own agenda to you. We surrender control to you this morning and we ask that you would indeed have your way in our lives today and here forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, turn and greet one another and then make your way to your seats. And if you're watching us online, we'd like to extend to you a very special welcome as well. We're glad that you're viewing with us. If throughout the sermon or the service today, if you'd like to put some emojis or some comments in the chat, you can also make a prayer request right there online. We're just glad to have you with us. Whether you're in the room in person or you're viewing online, if you are new to Fellowship Church, simply text 94,000 and text the word fellowship. And if you do that, it'll set you up with a bunch of prompts and it'll get you in touch with one of the pastors and help you kind of get to know a little bit about Fellowship Church, give you a chance uh, to make that connection. But we're just thrilled that you're here. Um, there are many ways that you can be a part of the giving at Fellowship Church, and you can use the drop boxes in the lobby, you can go digital and go online, you can also use the Church Center app, that's kind of the easiest, quickest way to get set up ongoingly. It takes about two minutes the first time, and then about 30 seconds uh, from thereafter, and it's really simple. But however you choose to give, we hope that you've come prepared to do so this morning. Our sons are uh, nine 10 and seven years old. And we've been teaching them about the principles of God and giving for most of their lives. And they understand that when they get money, which is not real often, let's be honest, um, that they're supposed to give 10% of what they get to the Lord. So earlier this year, our son Judah had his birthday and he got a substantial haul for a nine-year-old. He got over $100. And so for the first time in his life, he was faced with this dilemma because the tithe on $100 is double digits, y'all. And so he, he really struggled. Should I give 10 whole dollars to God? He didn't want to do it. He wanted to go to nine. He wrestled and we let him make his choice. We told him the principles, but we said, it's your money. You have to decide what you're going to do. And so after a couple weeks, Judah decided he was going to bring the whole tithe, all $10 to God and put it in the offering. And so he did. And then the next Day, he received a check in the mail for his birthday from grandma and from great aunt Sherry, and he got 30 more dollars. And he was so excited because he, he made the correlation, he made the connection. And so then he said, mom, what, what is the tithe? What, how does the math work? And so we talked about, he got $3 and he's like, I'm going to go with five. Like he's up in the stakes, right? Like he, he realizes now that God blesses and God gives back. And he's recognizing the scripture that says, God will give to you as the same message you used to give, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. So that very week at school, there is a contest, and some kid is going to win this epically cool toy called a Spiro. And it's like a digital thing. You can code it, and it drives around. And he was so pumped that he was going to have the chance to win, and his name got drawn, and he was indeed the winner. And he made the correlation again, like, oh, I won because... 
I like was generous towards God. And I was like, good for you, son. Those are awesome life lessons. And I'm like, why don't I win anything when I give my tithe and offering? You know what I'm saying? But I think God, I think God recognizes that as we mature in our faith, that he can give us blessings that aren't just dollars. And so Judah, he needed dollars because he's a kid. But, but as an adult, I realize that God blesses me in, in relationships. He blesses me with good communication. He blesses me with things not happening, like my car not breaking down and the hot water heater not blowing up. Those are things that a nine-year-old can't build faith on, but we in our maturity can build our faith on so we can look around and say, okay, I've been faithful to God and giving my 10%. And we can see the many ways that he's blessed and protected our families. So let's pray together. God, thanks. Thanks that you bless us and that you protect us. Not only our children, but our children's children, God, and the generations that both come after us and precede us. You are a faithful God. And so, Lord, we think of those in this room that are struggling financially, and we ask for huge blessings in their lives, God, financial. And the rest of us, God, just pour out on us all the blessings that we can hold. God, we need more. Life is hard and expensive sometimes, and we just need you to come through for us in big ways. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, here at Fellowship, there's always a ton of cool stuff happening, so let's check it out. We're going to be doing a men's retreat, and it's going to be such an awesome time for the men of our church to come together and get to know God on a deeper level. This retreat is going to be happening June 17th through the 19th, and it's going to have a cost of $299. Now, this retreat, the registration event, is going to go live on Church Center today at 1 p.m., so be ready to sign up because the spots are very, very limited. We only have 50 spots available, so it's going to be kind of a, a small, intimate gathering up in the mountains. We're going to have such an awesome some time getting closer to God. So make sure you check that out on the Church Center app. If you're a parent of a kindergartner all the way up through fifth grade, we need you to stop by Purple Team or anywhere in the children's building and pick up one of these cards. On the back is a QR code you're gonna scan and this will take you to a digital liability form that we have for our students. Again, thank you for picking one of these up and filling out an online liability form for your child. If you've been wanting to take the next step in your walk with God, please consider signing up for Rooted. You can find all the information for that on our Church Center app, as well as at the Info Center and one of our kiosks in the lobby. sign up and enjoy this amazing class geared towards growing us closer to Christ. Our Spiritual Warfare 2.0 curriculum is now available for purchase on DVD and digital download here in the bookstore at Fellowship Church. The cost for that is $45. That does get you your book and the actual content course curriculum on DVD and digital download. So you can watch it at home or on your computer if you're on the go. Please check out that curriculum if you're ready to take the next step in your spiritual warfare journey. Well, Fellowship Church, that's what's happening here. Enjoy today's message. Well, guys, hello. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you for joining with us online. I wanna go ahead and dive right into this message. It's a message I'm excited about. You might've just read the title, The Danger of Pride, and think, oh, this is gonna be fun. No, I believe it's something that we are going to receive so much from. I believe it's something that God's been speaking into my heart, some principles I've learned and heard um, that I just wanna share with you today. So I wanna go ahead and dive right into scripture. Uh, We see in the book of John, 
chapter three. This is talking about Jesus and his disciples, but it's also talking about John the Baptist and his disciples. Now, John the Baptist was uh, the man who came before Jesus, making a way, baptizing people and telling them to turn from their sins and repent and to follow Jesus. That was his plan. That was what God gave him destiny for, is to, to, to get re- people ready to follow Jesus. And the Bible says in John chapter three, verse 22, are, you, are we following on the side screens here so everyone can see? It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out to the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John was baptizing in Anon near Selene because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison, verse 25. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washings and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan that you testified about, so this is talking about Jesus. Look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. Isn't it crazy what people will bring you sometimes? Like, here we've got John, the whole thing he's preaching with his life, his ministry is to say, guys, follow Jesus. And his disciples are like, hey, John, we got something we need to talk to you about. He's like, what? He's like, uh, you know that Jesus guy you've been talking about? People are actually going to him instead of coming to you. This is a problem. We gotta figure this out. And I love John's response here because so humbly he, he replied in verse 27, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, He's like, I never said I was Jesus. I never said I was the Messiah, the Christ. He said, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom and a friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. And it it is now complete. Verse 30 is where I wanna land today. He must become greater and I must become less. What a powerful verse. And in fact, I wanna ask you, would you read that verse with me? Verse 30. He must become greater, I must become less. Let's try that one more time because we were a little off. Like, I'll try to sync up a little more. (laughs) He must become greater, I must become less. Would you pray with me? Today I wanna talk to you about the danger of pride. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would blow our expectations. I play right now where we just came to expect that we'd do some music and do a sermon and and hopefully it'd be uplifting and good. Yeah, God, we just put all that aside and we pray right now, God, would you speak to us individually? And I I just wanna encourage you right now from your heart to ask God, God, speak to me individually today. This is not for the person sitting next to me. This is not for me to just think about, I wish someone else was here, but God wants to speak to you and me. So God, help us today, please, as we get into your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Uh, I brought a illustration with me today. Now, you know pastors use illustrations all the time. And it's just like, it, it, it's something when I started in children's ministry that I got used to doing. I've, I kind of stepped away for a little while because I was like using it as a crutch a little too much. But we do it because we have the incredible task of, of trying to share the principles of the kingdom of God, to share the gospel of the good news of God. So I can tell you, I've used, over the last 20 years, I've used a crazy amount of really weird, weird stuff. I mean, I've used a boat, I've used crickets, I've used f uh, fire and gasoline, and um, uh, I I've, I've used different animal parts. I've used steak, I've used salsa, I've used donuts, I like food. Um, I, I've used bags of chips, I've used all sorts of different stuff to try to share with you uh, and to share with teenagers and to share with middle schoolers and kids, like wh what is it that God is really trying to speak to us today? So I brought with me something that I think we would all be familiar with. I just wanna ask you, what is it that I hold in my hand right here? I heard smoke alarm, fire alarm. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. I'm really glad that you said smoke alarm because I think it's something we'd be familiar with. But the interesting thing about a smoke alarm is you can smell smoke and you can see smoke. So the beep is just extra, right? <laughs> but what I hold in my hand, someone just said it is a carbon monoxide detector. Uh, carbon monoxide is, is lethally dangerous. And I'm not trying to start off heavy or morbid or anything, but, but the CDC reports that hundreds of people each year die from carbon monoxide poisoning and thousands of people are hospitalized. You can't even build a building anymore without putting carbon monoxide detectors in it because it is lethally dangerous. And the scary thing about it is they call it the silent killer. And they call it the silent killer because it's odorless and you can't see it. So it could be all around you and you don't even know what's there. So you, they call it the silent killer because it could be in this room and all of a sudden you start developing a headache and, and you start getting nauseous and things start feeling weird in your body. And what's happening is you're breathing in carbon monoxide instead of oxygen. So you start suffocating and you don't even know that you're suffocating until it's too late and you're sick. And some people die every year simply because it's the silent killer. Now, obviously this is a Sunday morning. Do you think I really came here to talk to you about carbon monoxide? No, I wanna to talk to you about a different silent killer. There's another silent killer and that silent killer is pride. Pride left unchecked will, will silently begin to secretly suffocate you. That without even knowing it, like you can't, sometimes you don't even recognize that what you're dealing with is pride and it, it starts to suffocate you. It starts to choke out your spirit. It starts to get you to a place where, where it's destroying you and killing you and destroying your hopes and dreams and tearing your spirit apart and tearing you apart. And it, it can be possible that you're, you're, you're dealing with this silent killer of pride and, and not even know it, but, but it's pride that is tearing your life apart. It's pride that, that is beneath what is causing the fights that you have. It's pride that's tearing your marriage apart. 
It's pride that's causing you to struggle at work. It's pride that's causing you to come into church and not worship God. It's pride that causes you to to have had that fight with that relative or that that sibling for years and not having spoken to them for years. It's pride that, 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 that so is destroying you. It's the silent killer. And the thing about pride is pride is the sin beneath the sin. Well, what are you talking about, Dan? Can you give me some examples? Yeah, I'll give you one right now. You might think that you're dealing with a certain sin, but you look beneath the surface and you start to check out what's really going on in my heart and you'll see that there's something beneath that. So you might think, I'm dealing with worry and anxiety and you point your finger at it. At the surface, what I'm dealing with is worry and anxiety. But if you look a little bit deeper, it might be something else. It might be pride. Because you look a little deeper, what am I worried about? What am I anxious about? And you might say, hey, listen, I told God, I prayed and I told God that I wanted to be married by 28 and he had to be six foot four with abs and, and I was gonna be living in a good neighborhood and I was gonna be driving a BMW, nothing less than a five series. Remember God, we talked about this. I prayed about this. This has been my plan. And the problem is you're 38. And you're not married yet. (laughs) Or you are married and he's five foot two. (laughs) And you drive a minivan. And you find yourself like, like, what are you really worried about? What are you really stressed about? Well, you brought your plan of this is how how I see my life turning out. This is what I expect. This is what I want. It's just I want things to go this way. What are you you stressing out about? What are you losing sleep over? it's, It's not worry and anxiety. It's pride. Pride's the sin beneath the issue. Indecisiveness on the surface. You're like, Man, I just really struggle to make decisions. Like maybe you're in leadership and you find yourself sometimes caught up and it's like this indecisiveness on the surface. I'm struggling with that or I'm struggling with insecurity. But what is it beneath the surface? What's the sin beneath the sin? When we look a little bit deeper, start to go, I don't wanna fail here. What if I make a mistake? What if I make the wrong call and people look at me? I mean, I have a reputation to uphold. You know, I got, I, I got, I, I got, people that look to me and I want them to look to me that I, and think highly of me. So what is it that's causing the indecisiveness and the struggle and decision-making? It's, it's pride. Pride. Do you realize pride is always at the root? It's at the root of every fight that you have in your life. It's at the root that, of every fight you have with your spouse, your coworkers, your friends. It's at the root. Pride exists, it's a silent killer. And someone needs to hear this today and I think it's because I needed to hear it too. But pride is at the root of every fight that you have in your life and that's why you are bitter and unforgiving because you're only bitter because you think you're better than that other person. And you're only unforgiving because you think you're better than that then that thing that you're struggling with, that person you're struggling with, that circumstance, that situation. But the thing is, pride has been here a long time. It preceded the fall of man. Pride, we see in heaven. We see that, 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 that Satan himself, he was an angel and pride stepped in and caused him to be able to, to try to raise himself up above God and he fell from heaven. Pride has been around a long time taking people outside of the will of God. 
hurting people, killing people. It's the silent killer. It's what, what James says this, and, and man, this is interesting. Um, because we, we look at the fact that pride is something that hurts us so bad, but there's a flip side of this, and, and and we see that humility is something that God is actually attracted to and decides he is going to bless. So if you're prideful, you're gonna have issues. But if you're humble, we see that this opens up the, the doors of heaven to pour out blessing on you, to pour out favor on you, that, that, that God, when you get to the point where you start your day humble and you're going, God, I need you. I can't make it through this situation in my life. I can't, I can't fix my marriage without you. I, I can't fix this problem at work without you. I don't know how to raise these stinking kids without you, God. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't get over this addiction on my own. God, I need you. When you do that, it opens up the favor of God on your life. It's interesting because James said this. James chapter four, verse six, it says, God says this, God resists. Think of that word resist. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, later James will also say in the very next verse, he says, therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let's think about this a minute. Wait a minute. I've got to resist the devil for him to flee from me. So I need to resist the devil for him to flee, but if I have pride, the Bible says God will, will resist me. Did you catch that? How are you supposed to handle the devil? You're supposed to resist him. How is God gonna handle you if you have pride? He's gonna resist you. That's scary to think about. So let's think about that if it, if God will resist the proud, then what do you think the enemy is going to attack you with every day of your life? Pride, pride. You do you, boo. Doesn't matter what they think about you. They don't know nothing. They, they, they just think, they only want their own opinion. You, you forget about what they think. Forget about what they say. You're better than that. You're better than them. You just do you. It's pride. It's pride. And, and pride can manifest as superiority. You know, thinking you're better than people. Thinking that you're, you're, you're a step above other people, right? I mean, like, it, it, it's so interesting, but it, it's a silent killer. Let me do this. Let me just, it's just us in this room. I mean, even at home, you got a little bit of privacy here, but I'm gonna ask you, you could even, you could put this in the chat if you're willing to. I wanna just ask you a question. Would you, are you willing to be honest with me? Okay, then let me ask you the question. How many of you would say about yourself, just by showing your hands, how many of you would say about yourself, you'd just be honest and be like, you know what, I am super prideful. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I saw a lot of hands. Now let me tell you something. If you didn't raise your hand, I'm scared for you. <laughs> Honestly, why? Because pride hides. If you have pride, it hides. The, the very pride that you have causes you to not think that you have pride. You can't see the pride that you have. It's like bad breath. Right? Generally, when you have bad breath, you are the last one to know, yet it is affecting everyone around you. 
right? It, it hides, it hides. So, so if, if, if you're unwilling to lift up your hand, you gotta, you gotta think, well, wait a minute, is there something I'm missing here? Is, am, I, am I missing it that I, I don't see something that we recognize that the Bible is showing us, the enemy attacks us with, that we deal with here? Like there's, there's pride, but it's confusing. Pride, it hides because sometimes we can see things and it might be prideful, it might be humility, I don't know. Let me ask. Let me ask you another question. It's just. It's just us again. Let's be honest here. How many of you would say I am like the most humble person I've ever met? I am super humble. I like. I, you know. I need to write a book on how I became so great at being humble. Um, I'm starting a website. The the epitome of humility.com. Right. Like anybody see see the challenge? See the challenge because pride hides, but humility is hidden. Right? You don't generally meet someone who's humble and walk away from that conversation to go, wow, they were really humble. No, when you meet someone who's humble, you, don't, you, don't leave, you leave that situation, you're not thinking about them, you're thinking about you. You're like, man, I feel so great after talking to them. I feel so encouraged and lifted up and just like, man, I feel really pumped today now. It's like, I feel really good about myself. Why? Because, because pride is hidden and humility is humble. So how can you tell the difference between what is pride and what is humility because they can disguise themselves as one another? And it's like, it's confused. I don't know. That's why I'm here today. I, I came to ask you. Does anyone know? I Because they can be confused for one another. Right? Like, if you look at David, David was a man who had a track record with God as a young boy, like uh, there, there was a bear that came after a sheep and God came and rescued and used him to, to uh, use a slingshot and fight off the bear and, um, and save the sheep. He did it again with the lion. And then uh, we know about the story of David and Goliath. When David goes to the battlefield, he sees that his God is being mocked, that his people are being mocked, that the armies of the living God are, are, are being defied. And he stands up and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? And David's very own brother, Eliab, steps up and goes, man, look at this pride in your heart. Look how prideful you are. It wasn't pride. It looked like it, but it was different. It was a humility that caused him to go, I will be the servant that'll step up and risk myself because I wanna see God's name glorified in the earth. There's a difference and that's what we need to recognize is like we might, we might be confused with what's pride and what's humility because certain things that look like the other, it's like, I don't really know. And, and, and there's this, this silent killer that surrounds us and we don't know what, what does it look like? How, how do we recognize, do I have it in my own life? Because I don't want God to resist me. I want his favor on my life. I don't want him to resist me. So I need to know because some of us, we only have a picture of pride as like the superiority complex. You know that guy that, that like he's always stuck up and he's got his glasses on inside when it's dark. And it's like, we've got that picture thinking, man, you just think you're better than me. But that is one way that pride manifests through arrogance and superiority. But there's another way that pride manifests. Pride manifests through inferiority. 
man, I know it's COVID restrictions and we're supposed to social distance, but they didn't even say hi to me today. They didn't even care about me. They didn't ask even how I was doing. Like they didn't even talk to me. I came in the room and they didn't even look in my direction. Why, why didn't they talk to me, 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 me? That's what pride does. Pride puts you at the center of the universe where it's all about you. And it can manifest as superiority or it can manifest as inferiority, but either way, where's the focus and the attention? It's on you. And what did John say? He said, I must become, or he must become greater and I must become less. That the focus would not be on me, but the focus would be on him. That it's all about him. It's all about his creation, what he's doing, his purpose in the world, his love, his sacrifice, his beauty. And I just want to be someone who reflects that. So that's why I brought the detector, because if it's so hard to understand how how do you know if this is pride or humility? I mean, I wish we had a carbon pride detector. It'd just be beep. <laughs> is that pride? Beep. Right? Or a pride monoxide detector, that would work too. Like, I, 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 I wonder, how do you test it? I wanna give you a test before we leave today. Can I give you a test? Would that be helpful? Because I believe the way you can differentiate between pride and humility to recognize, am I setting myself up to be blessed by God or am I setting myself up to be resisted by God can be answered in the way that you respond. How do I respond to certain different situations in my life? So I wanna give you four right now, okay? The first one, how do you respond? Number one, to criticism. How do you respond to criticism? This is a really good test to know. Am I, am I being proud or am I being humble at the time? Because how do you re respond? When someone criticizes you, what is your initial response? Is your initial response to just deflect, oh, here goes another hater, another person that you just think they know everything, I'm, I, whatever, I'm just gonna blow them off. Do you deflect? You know, it's a good test because we can start to recognize you immediately become defensive when someone criticizes you or, you, or maybe from the, that's the superiority side of things, maybe from the inferiority side of things, you wonder, like, do you become completely deflated when someone criticizes you? Someone says one thing bad about you, someone posts something negative about you on Instagram, and all, the, all of a sudden, because of one thing that was said on one day, one time, now your whole year, you're deflated over a little bit of criticism. See, there's a difference, because a humble person can laugh at themselves. A humble person, I mean, you're able to say, something about everything when it comes to a humble person. You can come up and be like, man, your breath stinks. You're like, oh, my bad, I'm sorry, can I get a mint? I changed toothpaste, I didn't even know. Like, thank you for telling me, thank you. And that's why humble people grow, because they're open to learn, they're open to hear. There's gonna be bad criticism that happens in life. We don't, we don't have to take it in negative, but I wonder, do you deflect, do you deflate? Do you, do, do you just try to uh, fight back against the criticism? It's, it's a test, or are you open to learning and growing? See, if we had a detector, 
Next time you're criticized, I wonder, would you be able to slow down and go, how did I respond to that? Was that out of pride or was that out of humility? The second thing, number two, how do you respond to rejection? Don't you hate to be rejected? I hate to be rejected, especially from stuck up people. (laughs) You know, let's just be honest, like stuck up people. It's one thing to be rejected for someone like whatever, but, but, but like, man, they really think they're better than you. They talk about you. They got their nose up in the air. Like, I'm too, you're too good to even, what, did you just even, did you float into this room here today? Like, stuck up people, right? Don't you just hate being rejected by them? I hate that. And, 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 and who, who has ever thought, you know, they think they're better than me. And since they think they're better than me, you know what? I, I'm just gonna come out of this because like, you might do this subconsciously, but uh, they're not better than me, I'm better than them. And if they're not gonna talk to me, I'm not gonna talk to them. And do you see the hypocrisy now? Because now you are rejecting the very people that were rejecting you. And, and now you're, you're upset with the very people that you thought were upset with you. And it's like, uh, pride will cause you to raise up and be like, man, you got a problem, you reject me, reject you, whatever, bye. But a humble person, man, they'll talk to anybody. They're like, man, you must not have seen me because you came in here to talk to me. How you doing today? And I love those sunshades you got on inside. Man, are those Ray-Bans? Cool. It's like, we, we, take the, we take the rejection, we just recognize it's like everyone's got their own problems that they focus on, their own situations. Everyone's focused on themselves. And it's like uh, pride would say, man, I got, uh, you reject me, I reject you. But, but when it comes to a, a humble person, they'll be like, I'm gonna open myself up to talk to you and be kind to you and love you, whether or not you reject me. Because I, 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 it's not all about me. It's about someone greater, someone better, someone bigger. So the first is criticism, second, rejection. Let me ask you, here's the third test. How do you respond? Let me ask you this. How do you respond to advice? Advice. It's a good test to know if you've got pride, if you're you're operating in pride. Church people are funny because they will go around and ask for advice and they don't really want advice. They just want people to confirm what they're already thinking. That is why you know, you know people who will go to like five different counselors because what are they doing? They're trying to find someone who will just say their own opinion in someone else's mouth. It's like, you walk around, what do you think about this problem? What do you think about that problem? And they'll give you advice. They're like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm gonna keep praying about this. That's good. But the first time someone gives you advice that's contradictory to what you want to do, that's when pride is revealed. And they're like, oh, I wouldn't marry him. Did you see his driver's license? His first name, Freddie, last name, Kruger. This is a bad idea. And you're like, oh, you don't know him like I know him. You're just, you're just hating because, because you wish you were getting married and I'm getting married. It's like, you don't know him. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happens when someone gives you advice? It's a really good indicator of, are you dealing with pride? Are you humble enough to learn, humble enough to grow, humble enough to open yourself up to where God might try to bring you some truth? 
Number four, how do you respond to praise? How do you respond to the hand clap, to the cheer, to the accolades? This is a good test. Proverbs 27, 21 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested by being praised. Ooh, do you, how do you respond to praise? Do you need it? Do you search for it? It's like, man, I put all this work in and I didn't get any bit of the credit for it. It's like, why don't they talk about me more often? Why aren't they they giving me the promotion? Why aren't they giving me the praise? Why aren't they giving me the accolades? Why aren't they giving me the parking spot? Like, like do you you need the praise? And, And this is an ugly thing because we see that we are tested by the praise that we face in life. And, and, and let me just be honest with you. Just to be straightforward with you. I, let me talk about me for a minute. I don't like how much that I like to be liked. I hate it. I feel like a puppet on a string sometimes. I feel like, like I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to struggle with my own flesh and still do the work of God where it's like, I wanna be liked. I wanna know what do they think about me? Do they care? Do, like, like, do they think I'm so? And what I contend to do is I contend to get into a spot where I start to focus on wanting to be liked by other people and it, and it degrades what God is trying to do in my life personally and in my life for other people so it's like I have to remind myself many times before I come up on this stage I have to remind myself I have nothing to lose and I have nothing to try to impress other people with because it's not about me because I can get this so wrong and I can start to think, man, I gotta be funny. I gotta come up with some good jokes. I want them to think I'm funny. So I'm reading like dad jokes online and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I want them to think I'm smart. I've gotta use a big word this week. So like supercalifragilistic. And like, oh my gosh, he like, does he got his PhD? Like, and I get it so backwards sometimes. And I, and I, I hate how much that I like to be liked. I don't like it. And I think it's a good test to be able to look at yourself and wonder like, how do I handle the praise? How do I handle the praise? Because even psychologists right now are scrambling to see what social media is doing to our brains. That when you get likes on the internet, when you get likes when you post something, like. Psychologists are trying, they're seeing a generation that is losing their minds and freaking out and handling things that they're not, shouldn't be handling. They're, they're trying to carry praise and trying to carry glory and it's not working and people are becoming more depressed and, and more dependent and more addicted and so many problems are, are coming up because it's like we get so addicted to praise. It's like you, you post something and you're like, oh, look at that. Babe, they call those relationship goals. Mm. It feels good. It's like, it's not exactly like cocaine, but like, no, nah, I don't like I even know. But, uh, <laughs> but it's gotta be up there. It's a drug. Like, man, I got another like there. It's ding, 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 ding. Oh, they like it. 
It's a t- here's a test. If you think, oh, I don't struggle with that. I'm not, it's not a big deal or whatever, and you're on social media, do this. Post something and then don't look at it till next week. <laughs> I just felt you get uncomfortable. You're like, what? Can't be done. Have you ever had to try to have a conversation with someone who just posted something? It's like, they, it's like they get something wrong with them and they're like twitching. It's like, you listen to like bluegrass music? Why are you kicking your leg like that? It's like, like, like what did you say? Hold on just one second. How many likes do I got right now? Uh, what, what was that about getting it? Um, oh, they liked it. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, um, okay. It's like, it, oh my gosh. We lose our minds because if you start feeding off of praise, you feed the pride in your life to where you start to think that somehow you are at the center. Me, 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 me. You are at the center to a point to where now all of a sudden, instead of he must be become greater and I must become less, it flips around and we go, it doesn't matter what he is, I must become greater. So man, there's a test to find out how do you know, is it pride? Because I, I don't want God to resist me. So let's, let's just review. Number one, how do I respond to criticism? Number two, how do I respond to rejection? Number three, how do I respond to advice? Number four, how do I respond to praise? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Because that's all it is anyways, it's just crap. It's just the crap that life throws at you and God wants to know, how will you respond to the crap of life? Will you respond to it with the pride and arrogance or will you you respond to it in a way where you can be humble, where I can teach you and you can grow because all of this stuff that we fight for, the accolades, the, the, the trying to impress other people, the trying to put ourselves forward, all of that is just crap. Isn't that what Paul said? When, 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 when Paul is speaking to the church of, uh, of Philippi in Philippians chapter three, he says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal and the prize of, uh, prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He says, we gotta forget those things that are behind us. And and how do we translate that? So many of us, we think, I gotta forget the bad. I gotta forget my sins. I gotta forget my problem. You can can take it that way. And and that's a good way. We gotta forget the junk in the past. When we receive forgiveness from God, he he, he forgets it. And he wants us to forget it too. But, But what is the context of what Paul is talking about here? Because Paul in Philippians chapter three, he's not talking about negative things. He's not talking about his failures. He's actually flexing. He's talking about how great he is. He's like, oh, let me tell you, if you think you're all spiritual and stuff, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee. I was a blue check before you were ever even on the gram, right? Like before you even showed up on scene, I've been great at all this. And I want you to understand of everything I've accomplished, it's all dung compared to just the goodness of knowing a God who loves me. So he says, it's all crap. It all doesn't matter. And that brings us back to our key verse. And John said, he must become greater. 
and I must become less. Because what matters is to know him. A lot of us, we go through stress and anxiety and struggles in every different area of our life because we are, we are so concerned about putting ourselves at the center of our own lives and life becomes difficult when you're led by pride and you're at the center. But when you decide that you can't take the weight of that anymore and that you were created to have your savior at the center of your life and you put him in his rightful place. See, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. With grace, there's his strength. There's his empowerment. There's his love. There's his beauty. God wants to give you grace and give you strength and help you, but, but he's gotta resist the proud. I wanna ask every person in this room to stand to your feet because I think what a lot of us would like to do is say, what are three steps we can do right now so that I can leave here more humble? And, and the truth is, there's only one thing you can do. You can get back into alignment with the fact that Jesus and Jesus alone is the center of the universe and he should be the center of your universe. And when we get into that place and we remove ourselves, there's a repentance that, that takes place. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I put myself first. I'm sorry for just going through the motions. I'm sorry for all this stuff. And, and I, all I want is to glorify you with my life. All I want is, is to just reflect your goodness and your kindness. So we're gonna sing a song before we leave today. And if you've been struggling with pride, I just wanna encourage you right now, use this time to ask God to forgive you and then repent. The Bible explains repenting as just being turning. I'm turning. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going the way anymore of trying to be self-preservation Dan, of just, I'm gonna put myself at the center. No, I'm going the way of, it doesn't matter about me. What matters is him. So let's sing this song, let's worship together and let's let God do a healing work in our lives. Cause I don't know about you, but I don't want God to resist me. I want his grace. Let's sing. I'm caught up in your presence. I just wanna see. Just sing another song Take me 
God, that's our prayer is that we just want you. I think we need to start here with the, the confession of just, God, we're, we're sorry. We're sorry for where we put ourselves at the center. We're sorry for focusing on ourselves when God, we were created to be loved by you and to bring glory to you. So God, we repent from that and we, we just put you right back in the rightful place of honor where God, we are saying our lives are about you and not about us. We humble ourselves because you must become greater and I must become less. So God, we just want you in our lives, more than accolades, more than a pat on the back, more than anything like that. We want the goodness of knowing you, the grace of knowing you. So I pray that you would help each and every one of us. We pray that we would be set up into a place where we would be with your help, the type of humble servants that, that God, you give grace to the humble because we beg you, God, that we would not be the proud that you resist. So thank you for your love. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you that you make a way. And we just pray that as we leave here today, we would leave here confident in who you are, but humbled by who you are. Thank you so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Let's give our God who deserves it a shout of praise. Thank you for joining with us online. If you'd like to connect with us, please text fellowship to 94000. That's the word fellowship to 94000 so we can get in touch with you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click on the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.